I'll read a different book tonight, The Gift, Poems by Hafiz. We are like lutes, once held by God, being away from his warm body, fully explains this constant yearning. The other one is the sad game. Blame keeps the sad game going. It keeps stealing all your wealth, giving it to the imbecile with no financial skill. Dear one, wise up. <laughs> imbecile. We have a new word tonight. I like Huffies. He's very real. Wait, is that an echo one? Echo, echo, echo? Yeah, really. I can hear myself. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone. Just for those that came in uh, after we started meditating, I'd already announced something, but I'll go ahead and say it again. Um, on Sunday, November 20th, we'll be doing the Coins for Kids Shopping Day. And there's some new information in the back about the shopping day. We're now going to meet at 10 o'clock at a Target store uh, of IH35 in Palmer Lane, the one we did last year and the year before, I believe. And so if uh, you'd be aware of that and get the information in the back so you'll be sure to show up there and we'll be meeting at the Starbucks and handing out the list of children and the, the toys to get or the ages and whatever information you need to go shopping for the, the gifts. And so we're not going to meet here at 9 o'clock like we have in the past. We'll just meet at that target at 10. It makes the day a little bit easier for everybody. And if you know anybody who is planning on going, if you could let them know if they're not here tonight, that'd be great. And we'll have somebody here at 9 o'clock to meet and greet and give them a list and send them on their way to the target as well. So everybody will be taken care of. All right. Pardon? We wrap on wrap presents <laughs> on Saturday, December the 10th from 12 to 5 here at the center. So it's a Saturday. And there'll be food and drink provided. So Come hungry, and I'm sure Jaden will have pizzas and all kinds of things for you to, to nibble on and have a good time. Hmm? And if you have any allergies, you might want to just bring something just to play safe because it's kind of hard to start planning. Some people are more gluten-free. Some people are shrimp-free. Some people are <laughs> mushroom-free, and some people are food-free. So <laughs> whatever works. Okay. You want to start or you want me to? No, go ahead. Um, one of the things I wanted to share about tonight is what I would call like two different aspects of this pathway. We could call it the sound and the light, as you know. And as I'm talking, if you guys wouldn't mind adjusting my microphone a little bit, I sound echoey to myself, so it's distracting me in that way. So that, that sounds better. And one of the other ways that I want to share about this pathway of sun and light is the two aspects of both the inner kingdom and the outer kingdom. And the inner kingdom is at place within ourselves. Quite often it's referred to as the chakra system or that which is inside 
when we say go within. We don't mean just the physical body when we say that, but also all the different levels of the mind, the unconscious, the emotions, the imagination, as well as the physical. So that place of the inner kingdom is a little bit of what I wanted to share about, as well as the outer kingdom, that which is beyond the physical, and as you hear us call it, the realm of the spirits. And I'm aware of a couple faces I haven't seen tonight, so I'm going to draw our, our fun little schematic, if you will, of the different levels so everybody has that understanding as I'm talking. This is going to be a pretty simple chart um, that you'll see us quite often in ILM talk about. So starting with God, and out of God came the soul. But I'm not going to go into all that right now. Unless Jim wants to talk about so many times as he has before. And then we have what we call the etheric level, or the realm of the unconscious. The mental level. The realm of mind. The causal level. The realm of emotion. The astral level, the realm of imagination, or for all you creative people out there, creative imagination, and the physical. What could be another name for that? The physical. Hell. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I missed it. What was it? I said hell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that one off there. We'll let your creative imagination work with that one. So, so I just lost track of where I was going, so let me get back on track here. <laughs> In ILM, you'll quite often hear us talk about the, the LAF acronym, L-A-F, Loving, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. And that's one thing we often share about in here because as we work with those tools, if you will, those are ways to work within the inner kingdom. Because within this inner kingdom that makes up all the different levels that we are, that through loving, acceptance, and forgiveness, is through those actions are ways that we can begin to bring into alignment and to open within us those realms of mind, emotion, and body. Because it's really on these inner levels in the inner kingdom that we have the personal responsibility so that we, if you've heard the phrase, we are co-creators with God, well, that co-creatorship is really us and what we create in our inner kingdom. And so as we work within our own inner kingdom through the tools of loving, acceptance, and forgiveness, that's the way by which we can co-create with God. Because truly, if God is loving and we work with God's loving, that's how we really truly move into that oneness of co-creatorship. So as we talk about loving and acceptance and forgiveness, keep in mind these are wonderful keys to open those doors to that greater kingdom of God's loving or that we call the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And so we have our part to do, and that part to do is to really bring the inner kingdom within us into that loving oneness with the Creator. And so as we begin to work the inner kingdom more and more, 
through these keys I like to call, the keys to the inner kingdom, that as you do that, and as you come more and more into that oneness, that is also the action that sometimes is referred to as a soul consciousness or also the Christ consciousness. And in Inner Light Ministries, you'll often hear us, well, maybe not often, now talk about that action of the Christ, or sometimes we refer to it also as a, as a ray, as a blue ray of light, if you will, as you see the movement, as that loving comes from the heart of God and as it comes into these realms of creation. And it's on that blue ray of the Christ consciousness that begins to assist us. That's that action of God's loving to bring his children awake, if you will. And as his children, the soul that we are, that blue ray of the Christ consciousness is what helps us to come into the knowing and the realization within ourselves of the divine within. And so as we allow ourselves to open to receive in God's loving, allowing that light of God as it comes into the inner kingdom, we may literally experience inwardly or during meditation that a blue light within us. So if you're one who has experienced a blue light, because in here you hear us talk a lot about the blue light and the purple light, as well as the gold and the white light, just know that this is the action of the blue light, that Christ consciousness assisting us and doing the inner work in the inner kingdom. So if you experience that in meditation, just know that that's really God's loving assisting you on that inner journey, the inner walk. As you take greater and greater responsibility for your life, inwardly as well as outwardly, because truly this walk is not an outer walk. This is an inner walk. It's not what we do with the body, but it's what we do in the body. That's our responsibility. No matter what you're doing physically in this world is okay. It's what you do inside that makes the difference with what you're doing out here. We can participate in loving and acceptance and forgiveness, as I've been sharing, or we can participate out of reaction, fear, judgment, misconceptions, misbeliefs of truly what the truth really is. And so we have these choices. But as we choose to work with that LAF, that we allow ourselves the opportunity to really come into that greater awakening of the soul that we are, the divine child of God, the Christ that we all are. And so as you choose to participate more and more in that action within you, you'll find yourself beginning to awaken, not only as you're knowing yourself physically, but also not only awakening spiritually, but you'll begin to awaken to the inner realm of imagination, emotion, and mind. You'll really come into greater fullness and understanding of those different levels of consciousness because that's part of the journey. And part of the responsibility we have as co-creators in that creation is what have we created emotionally? What have we created in our imagination? What have we created in our mind and the belief systems that we carry and how we live our lives? So as you really move forward in this inner walk, these levels will begin to open and expand within you because part of this pathway of spiritual awakening is awakening on all levels, awakening to know the truth of who you are spiritually, but also part of that awakening is also knowing the illusion because truly as you spiritually awaken, you know the, the fantasy, the illusion, you know the truth within the illusion. There's no real separation 
And part of that awakening is to know what is not real so that you can begin to recognize what is real. Hey, Israel. <laughs> I like those fun little things as I'm talking. They just kind of pop up here and there. And I guess that's a little chapter ending and now a new one beginning. It's really fun for me in sharing like this because it's really in the moment and just however that movement of loving unfolds in me as I'm sharing. And sometimes it'll just come kind of like to an end and then it doesn't always show up exactly what's the next step. So here I am sharing that as I'm really looking within to see really the next step of the sharing. So there it is. So... If we look at, as I was saying earlier, the physical, the imagination, the emotion, the mind, and the unconscious, as we take greater and greater responsibility, allowing the truth as we are as the soul to begin to awaken to all these levels within us, then there's that greater journey that I call the outer kingdom. Truly, it's not really an outer kingdom as inner and outer, as there's a separation. There's really just the oneness of beingness. So I'm just describing this inner and outer kingdom just for terms to somehow bring greater understanding or clarity. But I just want you to know ahead of time, there's really not a separation in that way. It's just different states of beingness. And in those different states of beingness, there's the oneness in all of it. But I'm going to continue now that as we really go through the inner kingdom and in that process of awakening from the physical through the astral, causal, mental, etheric, then there's that greater journey as we come to the spiritual eye, if you will, the soul level, the third eye or the sixth chakra in the body, as we rise through our own inner kingdom, through all the different levels, we come to that doorway, that spiritual doorway, also called the tenth door, the seat of the soul, however you choose to call that, that that begins now another step of the great journey. And that great journey now is that soul that has now pulled itself up through all these levels is ready for that next step. And that step is into the outer kingdom, that which we call beyond the physical, beyond the astral, causal, mental, and etheric. And sometimes you may hear about that as out-of-body travel or soul travel. There's many different terms for that. But in this way, I'm referring to it as the soul truly gathers here, it begins to travel consciously beyond these realms beyond these dimensions, truly into the spiritual kingdom that has nothing to do with this physical world. So there is that greater journey now that we begin to really travel in the realms of spirit and that wonderful journey back into the heart of God. And that pathway is a path that we teach here in Interlight Ministries called the path of sound and light. And that outer kingdom is what I would refer to also more as the path of sound, the sound of God or the voice of God. And as we chanted earlier, the Anahu, for those of you who have been initiated, the sacred names of God that you chant inwardly in meditation, that is dealing more specifically with that outer kingdom, that, that journey to God. And also you'll hear us quite often refer to now the purple light, that purple light that we talk about in Inner Light Ministries is that action of God's loving that we also call the Holy Spirit. And as that Holy Spirit comes from the heart of God and into these other realms and creations, it will come forward quite often as a purple light. So in our meditations, when we begin to see an actual purple radiant light, and if you experience it in your meditation, 
That's what this is. It's that action of God's loving through the Holy Spirit beginning to work with the soul, to begin to free the soul, to lift the soul for that greater journey into the outer kingdom. It's the soul's return home. And so in this action of God's loving through the purple light of the Holy Spirit and the blue light of the Christ, it's the two together. The two become one. So both we have the inner kingdom and the outer kingdom. We have our responsibility to really move all into that alignment loving within us and then allowing God's loving now to lift the soul into that greater oneness with itself, with the Creator. So these two actions are very distinct in how we work with them, but at the same time, there's no separation. It all works in oneness. And just as we described as the colors of the purple and the blue, if you think of like a prism, out of all, a lot of the white light comes all the different colors of the rainbow. And those frequencies of the blue and then into purple and then the purple into the white are those upper frequencies of the higher chakras. And then as we go beyond that into the pure realm of the spirit is the white light. So I just wanted to share some of that tonight. It really came forward in my meditation this morning to maybe give a little more clear explanation of some of these things you've been hearing us over the years talk about so that you might begin to grasp more of what all that is and how that works together. And I know I'm giving really just a kind of a little summary, but there's so much more we could share about, and maybe we will tonight, um, as Jim shares too, and if we move into any question and answer tonight as well. But I hope I'm being clear in that, that meditation practice we do with the names of God and the hue and the ana hue that we chant in here really has to do more with that action of the Holy Spirit now lifting the soul back into the heart of God. And that that action of the Christ and the blue light has to do really now God's loving assisting us of working our inner kingdom as we take greater responsibility and allow all that loving and acceptance and forgiveness to work within all the levels within us. You know, quite often, Jim and I hear a lot of people when they're doing their meditation, especially when they hear two and a half hours, I'm lucky if I can do half an hour, an hour of meditation. Well, a lot of what happens is that as we focus inside in the meditation, that it begins to stir and bring forward all these things in the inner kingdom that have gotten in our way, that have distracted us, that have blocked us from that greater awakening and our oneness with God. And as those things are stirred, that LAF acronym is something we share of how you can begin to really release, to let go, and to heal these things that have blocked us from that fuller awakening. And that's why we talk about other tools as well as chanting the names of God in the meditation practice. Because as those things are stirred within us, that's our responsibility now to bring into balance that which was out of balance through our own actions and reactions, cause and effect, or karma. And so as we allow God's loving in us, and as well as we allow God to lift us, through using the loving and acceptance and forgiveness is how we can begin to release those things, to allow the greater oneness within us, and allow that oneness to carry us back into that greater oneness with God once again. And so I wanted just to share that tonight, hopefully, you know, explaining that more. And that as you work more with the loving and acceptance forgiveness, even during your meditation, if you're finding yourself blocked in your chanting, and really saying, well, nothing's happening or I'm getting really disturbed, begin to work with these other tools to see what it is on your inner kingdom 
that is blocking you from that greater experience of the movement of God's loving during your meditation. Believe me, you're probably going to get a lot more value out of working your inner kingdom than just giving up and walking away from your meditation. And that's the other reason I wanted to talk about this tonight, so that you can begin to find your way through those inner blocks or those things that distract you from the meditation practice. It's just part of this world. It's part of our learning and growing. But as we're willing to work with that, is how we really allow that greater expansion to really awaken within us and to allow that movement to really lift us once again if we have found ourselves not in that mode of upliftment, if you will. Anything you want to share on that? Sure. We've got so many things to say. There's so many different teachers that came in tonight in meditation. and uh, I'll kind of go where I want to go, I guess. Because it's all kind of just laid out <laughs> like a smorgasbord. Um, it's kind of funny. Yeah, really. Um, it is interesting when you begin practicing meditation. Meditation is very different from uh, outer practices such as prayer or devotional activity in the world. Meditation truly is an inner focus. And it is a process of awakening to the inner truth of who we are as soul. And I remember when I was 18 and I first met a physical spiritual teacher who began to give me more of a direction of meditation, of holding a focus, of going inside in a way that I hadn't done quite before. Before I used to pray, but I never really held a focus in the same attitude of devotion as I was learning to do in meditation. And at first I really enjoyed meditation. I, I found it very invigorating and I really enjoyed doing it much more so than my prayer. Until one day I did begin to go on that inner journey as Brian was talking about and I began to confront all those things that were inside that I did not want to look at. I had put there in those dark corners on purpose so that I didn't have to look at them, I didn't have to be aware of them, I didn't have to feel them. And yet, as I began to go on this inner journey of meditation, those were the first things I came across. I had to confront. And at first, it was very disturbing. And I found myself wanting to avoid my meditations. I would make all kind of excuses why I didn't have time, why I couldn't do it. And what really disturbed me in that process is I also had an action of devotion of, of prayer every day of praying with God, talking with God, and opening to receive God's sharing in that process. And in my prayer, I never did really confront these deep, dark places and these belief systems and these feelings and, and all that I had hidden deep inside. Because prayer was more focusing outward into God's creation outside and not looking in. But in meditation, it really was an inner focus. And it was calming oneself down to be aware of the inner movement of the spirit rather than focusing consciously outward on God and sharing in that way. So I found that my prayer was still really good. And I 
began to do more and more of my time back in prayer again rather than in meditation. Until one day as I was praying, I could feel this thing pulling at me. And it was a deep disturbance. And as I sat there and I kept trying to focus on my prayer, I could just feel this other thing inside just grabbing a hold or just underneath my heart or in my chest cavity energetically and just kind of pulling down, pulling me down. And I could feel that it was an energy that I needed to go ahead and answer because it was going to disturb me. It was going to keep me from being able to focus. So I began to go inside and look to see, well, what are you? What are you about? Where, why are you here? What do I do to get rid of you? And as I went into it, I saw my mother. I saw the face of my mother as I went into this energy. And as I approached it, I realized that I really didn't want to go there, but I knew I had to. And as I walked up to it and began to talk to this energy that appeared to be my mother inside, she began to talk to me about all these things that she had taught me throughout my first 18 years of life my belief systems, my feelings, my actions, my reactions that she had taught me. And this energy was trying to reinforce her belief systems that she had given me. And as I was watching her and listening to her, I realized that some of the things that she was telling me, I had already decided that's not how I was going to live my life. That's not how I was going to believe. That's not who I am and had pretty much dismissed some of those things. But others I had just buried inside. I didn't know what to do with them. I didn't want to hurt her and, and not be living the way she had taught me, so I just buried them. And those were the ones that were coming up and trying to reinforce first, and then they were trying to bring back to life all those things that I had already dismissed and said, that's not me. I'm not doing it that way. So as I was looking at this and I was watching her and listening to her, I realized in that moment that I had a choice. I could choose to allow this energy to reinforce and reestablish itself in my consciousness, or I could do something different with it. And so I began to talk to it. And I just began to share what I thought was truth for me. And it was very interesting because the, the energy began to go into reaction. Not the reaction that I know of my mother to go into or knew her to go into, but a different kind of reaction. And it was rather a violent, hard, gross energy of, of disturbance. And so as I kept talking and kept sharing, it kept trying to get me to shut up. It kept trying to get me to be quiet. And the energy became very powerful and very painful. And I realized in that moment that if I stopped talking, that that power that it was trying to reestablish within my consciousness would have a better chance of establishing itself. And I just needed to talk my way through it. I needed to keep talking, keep talking, keep talking till I got to the other side or got finished with it or it dissipated, whatever came first. 
So I just started talking more and more and more. And I could feel this rage starting to come up inside. And I realized, oh, my God, I know this rage. I felt this before. And I always thought it was me. And as I felt it coming up, I realized this isn't my rage. This isn't who I am. And I looked at it and I said, thank you. Thank you so much. That's not me. And I don't have to live that anymore. And then it really got mad. <laughs> because it was beginning to see itself losing the grip that it had had on me. It was beginning to lose its grip because I was beginning to see the truth of what it was. And so as I began to just talk, I ran out of things to say to this energy that I thought at, at, at first is my mother and saying, well, you know, I'm not going to do this. This is who I am. This is. So I just talked. I talked about school. I talked about what happened that day. I talked about everything. Just kept talking. And the energy got madder and, and, and harder and started pushing at me. And it was just a real physical sensation in my chest. Push, push, push. Until it just broke. It just broke apart like a balloon would burst. It just burst and broke and was gone. And I kept talking because I didn't know for sure if it was really gone. I just talked and talked and talked. And most of the time I was talking inside, but I found out later I was also talking outside some. And I happened to be in my bedroom. And my mother overheard me some time uh, in, in, this, in this process of talking out loud and started knocking on the door. Are you okay? What's going on in there? Are you okay? And I didn't want to answer her because I was concerned that somehow this energy would still be present and still reestablish itself. She opened the door. She came in. She looked at me. She said later, I had my eyes closed, and she said, you were whispering, and then you were talking out loud, and then you were doing nothing but just sitting there. What were you doing? What was going on? And I told her later that I was in a process within myself, freeing myself of some old feelings that had been there for a long time, and I didn't want to live them anymore. And my mom said, you mean you can do that? You can get rid of old feelings? And I said, yeah. You know, you, you walk up to them and you love them and you honor them and you listen to them, but then you let them know how you're going to live your life now and that they're not really going to participate with you. And my mother wanted to know more about this. And so we went out in the living room and we sat down and we began to talk and I began to share with her a little bit about this. And she said, I don't know if I know how to do this. You know, I pray in a certain way but I, I don't know that I know how to do this. Can we do it together? Can we sit here and, and, and let's see what happens? And I said, well, sure, why not? So we sat there in the living room, and she began to just talk about different things in her life that had happened to her. And I realized it wasn't moving any energy. It wasn't going anywhere. And I realized something, and that was she was just reminiscing. She was just kind of reminiscing over her history, over her events in life. But when we reminisce, we go on the surface. It was a very surface movement energy. I had never seen it before in consciousness where I really knew what was going on. I had probably seen it in auras and seen it in the mind energy of people before when they were moving through things. But 
this was real awareness, that this was reminiscent and it was very much on the surface. And, and I said, Mom, you got to go deeper than that. And she goes, she goes, go deeper? What do you mean go deeper? You know, I'm really telling you some very important information that I've never told anybody. How deep do you want me to go? I said, I don't want the words, I want your feelings. You know, if you can tell me what those things felt like, if you can tell me what you feel about them right now, that's where I want to go. Get in touch with that which is inside of you. Don't talk around the surface up here. And my mom said, that's where I live. Don't you understand? If I really did what you wanted me to do right now, I would probably have a nervous breakdown. I would be crying. I don't know what I would do. And I said, do it anyway. That's where we've got to go. That's what you've got to get past. If you don't get in touch with those deep feelings inside of you that you're avoiding, you're not going to have the freedom in life that you want. My mom said, not today, honey. We're not doing it today. <laughs> she said, you go on back in your room and you just talk to yourself. <laughs> but we're not doing that today. So. <laughs> so I figured that's fine. And that was good. I learned something very profound in that moment with her. And that is you never push somebody. You always allow them to go where they want to go. You always allow them to be who they are and to move at their own pace. And there was this part of me inside that wanted to go back and say, but mom, we've really got to do this. We're, we're moving something. But then I realized that was something I needed to, to look at. That was my wanting to control. That was my wanting to be in charge. So I, that gave me good impetus to sit back down, to go in my meditation, and to talk to that part of myself and to look at that part of myself that wanted to be in control, that wanted to control the situation and to bring change in her life and to make her life better. And so days went by and days went by. Nothing was said of it. Nothing was spoken. And then um, it was very close to her birthday. I guess it may have gone even a couple of months because that, that had been in the summer. Um, she came to me on her birthday and she said, well, I'm ready. And I thought, oh my God, what for? You know, I thought I had done something or we had planned something and I'd forgotten. I didn't know what was going on. And she says, I'm ready to do it. And I'm going, do what? What are we doing? <laughs> I just, I couldn't figure out what she was, what she was talking about. And she says, let's go back in the living room now and sit down and I want to give myself a birthday present. I want to go where I didn't want to go before. I want to break free. I don't, I don't like the way I'm living. I don't like the way I feel. I felt this way for so many years. And I do not want to be this way anymore. And so we went back in the living room and we began to talk. And she began to reminisce. She had her eyes closed and she was just reminiscing again like she had before. And I let her go on for a while. And then she stopped and she opened her eyes and she said, I'm doing it again, aren't I? And I go, yeah, it, it sounds like it to me. I don't, I don't see you going anywhere with this conversation, this sharing. She said, so what do I do? How do I go deeper? I don't know how to, to, to go into what you want me to go into. I said, close your eyes and tell me the most painful experience in the moment the, of what you were just talking about. What was the most painful? 
And she closed her eyes, and she said three words, and she just started crying and cried and cried and cried. And I thought, oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> you know, what have I done to my mother? This is not good. <laughs> and then she stopped crying, and she started talking. But she was talking from that place where all those tears had come up from. She had to break free first and let those feelings begin to really move, become fluid once again. They had become solid and bound together in a deep, dark place inside of her that she had put there herself so she didn't have to feel them, that she didn't have to look at them. And as she began to share, immediately they broke free. It was like a shattering, like that balloon bursting in my chest. And everything began to flow. Once she stopped crying, she began to talk. And at first she was talking to me, and I said, Mom, talk to the feelings. Talk to the experience. Talk to that situation. Don't talk to me. I wasn't there. And so she began to talk, and, and she began to apologize to it and try to make everything all right. And I said, Mom, get mad. You don't want this in your life anymore. Get mad. She said, I can't get mad. She opened her eyes and she was just looking at me. She says, I can't get mad. Don't you understand? We don't get mad. You don't get mad. You've got to be loving and caring and nice. You cannot get mad at people. You cannot get mad at situations. You cannot get mad at yourself. And I said, Mom, if you don't get mad right now, you're not going to be able to break free of this. And she looked at me and she blew up at me. She got out of me. She started yelling at me, how dare you, you know, and all this. And I, and I just thought, well, okay, this is okay. <laughs> Fortunately, I had experienced enough neutrality and loving to not take it personal in that moment. I realized that she was finally starting to move the energy, but she was still focusing outside of herself rather than inside. And that's what we always do is in, in the process of life, is we tend to look outside for, of ourselves for our answers, for the solutions, and for the, the cause, the reason that we're in pain, the reason that nothing's working. It's always focused out here. So it began by focusing on me, because I was out here. And she began yelling at me. And then she realized what she was doing, and she, very wisely, she started turning it inside and yelling at that feeling inside. How dare you stay here all this time? Why did you do this to me? Why have you been there? Why have you not shown yourself? Why didn't you let me handle this so I could be healed a long time ago? This happened when she was nine years old, and she was probably uh, 40, let's see, about 54 years old then. And she just started talking. And she talked and talked and talked, just like I had been talking. And it was so funny, she talked to herself out loud and then she'd talk silently and then she'd talk out loud and then she'd go back inside silently and then she'd talk out loud and all of a sudden she started laughing and she opened her eyes and she said oh my god I'm sounding like you in the bedroom now I know what you were doing I said that's right just close your eyes and keep doing it now and she did it she finally felt that it was free and it was gone and she opened her eyes with the greatest smile I'd ever seen her have. It was the first time I really feel I saw 
the, the truth of her, the smile of her, the loving of her, without a lot of other things burdening that smile and that loving. <clears throat> and she looked at me and she just started laughing again. And she said, I can't believe it. This was so easy. Why doesn't the world teach us this? Why didn't somebody tell me this so many years ago? I said, Mom, most people don't know about this inner journey. They don't know how to go inside. They don't know how to really handle these things. You could have gone to a therapist and they might have been able to touch into it some, but oftentimes it still stays somewhat surfaced. It doesn't get down to the depths of the spirit. But going inside in prayer and in meditation, you begin to bring about a different action of awareness and a different action of your own soul that begins to break things free that doesn't happen when you approach it through the mind. And my mom said to me, she said, was that, that ribbon? And I go, that ribbon? I don't know, Mom, what are you talking about? She says, oh, when I, when I was talking, all of a sudden I saw this ribbon. And as I was cussing at it and yelling at it, I reached out and I pulled the ribbon to see what was on the other end of it, and the bow came apart. And then it was all done. And I was finished. And she said, was that it? Was, was that what you're talking about? And I said, Yes, Mom, that was it. I have no idea what that was. But for her, that's all she needed to hear. That was it. I have a feeling from my own inner experience, so I've never seen it as a ribbon and a bow and being untied, but I have seen it as an energy flowing. I think it was the grace of the Holy Spirit that is ever-present with us all the time, just waiting for that opportunity for us to step forward for us to take action, for us to give attention, and for us to allow the grace to come into the process of our life and to begin to assist us in waking up into the spirit, into the divine, into the child that we are of God. But I don't know. 